Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome to the Robert Lane Creative Careers Podcast, the podcast about creativity and making a living in the arts. This episode of the podcast features a conversation with songwriter Charlie Daw. Before we get into it, I'd just like to play you a bit of this. Listening, hear me. I may not pass this way again. Begin at the beginning. You were here to pass the time. The sound of a sleeping city made you feel alive A thousand hearts and Karen Afraid to meet you right A single point of reference That you were trying to find Though it was all you had You were still sad you never will look him back You never had to hide That was a sample of my new song, Listen In, which was released on the 1st of August. You can get access to a free download of the song by joining my mailing list. I'm also running an ultimate mixtape challenge. Create a listening playlist with my new song Listen In as the first track on Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube or wherever you listen to your music. Send me a link or a photo of your playlist and I'll share it. There's a prize for the mixtape I think has the best songs. There's details of all of that on my website robertlaymusic.co.uk where you will also find information about this podcast and the previous guests I've spoken to. I've been getting some great feedback about the podcast and it's fantastic to hear from you. It'd mean a lot to me if you could subscribe, rate and review it on your preferred podcast provider as doing that encourages the algorithms to push it to more people. It's also very handy when I'm talking to potential future guests as it shows that people are listening. Thank you. Here's my conversation with Charlie Dore. Hi Charlie, how are you? I'm I'm very good, I think, last time <laughs> I checked. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right as well. Enjoying this sunshine. Um, actually being able to get out and enjoy it a bit more than over the last few weeks. So it's not enjoying it to the extent that people on the news seem to be. I haven't been on any crowded beaches so far, and I think I might not for a bit longer as well. Uh, yes, that, it, it, it is a bit of a spoiler, isn't it? <laughs> it is a bit. I might not be allowed on any beaches by the time it sort of comes to the point where I want to. I don't know. Yes, it's a bit scary, all that. It is. How has the whole lockdown affected you? I mean, work-wise, should you have been out playing shows at the moment? Yes, yes. We we had about 30 dates booked. Um, uh, uh, in the, the album came out last a week ago, today. Oh, okay. Um, and we had, um, the, the night before the launch, we had a, um, our launch gig, uh, which was going to be a full band with all our guests. We were going to lasso all our, all our guests from the album because uh, it was our London gig, you know. So that's all. That's actually all been transposed to this time next year. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what we've decided to do because everything else is so unknown. 
Um, even even the um, well, even next year's unknown, really, isn't it? I mean, we, yeah. who knows who knows what's around the corner. I mean, most most of the time, I you know, when I read the news or watch it or hear it, I you know, half the time my jaw is dropping with they did what? They, who he said he did? Oh, you know, so so I mean, I, I I'm I'm open to any uh, you know anything that may happen. Um, uh, I mean, I'm trying not to be shocked by anything that might might happen. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, and uh, whoever wished us interesting times, I sure got them. They did. It's been that whole thing of things becoming normal that would have seemed crazy last year or a few months ago. I mean, for me, before the our lockdown happened in the UK, seeing what was happening in Italy. And thinking, oh yes. God, you know, imagine if that happened here, and then two weeks later, and when the prime minister's there saying everything's closed and you must stay home, and you find yourself going, yes, correct, good, I would never picture myself thinking I'm enjoying a prime minister telling me to stay home. Even three months ago, what a strange world we're in, how it's all changed so quickly. Yes, yes. Although, how quickly one can change one's opinion. Well, exactly. Of, of the advice when it's been filtered in so many different colours. Yes, that's just very true. Um, in terms of your creativity, then, has it been a period where you've been? Have you been writing songs through this? Because I've, I've spoken to lots of people, and it's quite varied. Some people are finding it a great opportunity to be still and just focus on creating things. Other people have just not been in the right mindset for it at all and have found it impossible to actually think about being creative. Has it been? I, I, I haven't. Uh, I haven't written anything because um, timing-wise, what what happened was we rushed to finish the album uh, because we had this deadline, we thought, you know, that yeah. we had to meet the deadline for press and everything um, for when it came out on June the 19th. And uh, so we were concentrated on that. And then literally, you know, days after we we, we finished recording, uh, along came lockdown. Uh, so lucky in that sense, um, in that, you know, because I'd been working with my friend Julian Lippmann, here and we'd been doing long long hours you know and he'd been staying over and everything and um so um to to answer your question properly um the answer is no um not not at all no writing because i i i was looking forward to a period of just sort of well i've done that yep i've recorded that now a little period of um input as opposed to output you know just listening to stuff watching stuff not perhaps doing any music at all, you know, just for a little kind of like a, for a palate cleanser, you know. And um, so I haven't written anything. Um, I suppose the most creative thing I've done is um, last week um, I recorded a version um, of a song by Chris Drever um, that there's a, a, a thing been organised by the um, MVT Music Venues Trust yeah. um, to try and raise money, you know, for all the tiny little venues that are going to go down otherwise. That's the hashtag um, Save Our Venues. Uh, that's scheme. yes, yes, that that one, and 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 I was invited by John Elliott from um, the Little Unsaid Great. Uh, to the you know that the the, uh, the idea is that all the musicians who do this kind of roots acoustic circuit. Um, as a way of um, just sort of continuing a, a relationship with everybody, you know, connecting really, where everybody was invited to do a cover of a song um, that, that they hadn't written. And, um, and, and, and I chose a song by Chris Drever. 
and um, and the, and there's you know ten other songs on the album where people have done similar things. So I did a, an arrangement of it, vastly different from the from the original one. I mean, really, really different. Mm. And um, it was um, that was the nearest thing to writing, if you see what I mean, because it was an arrangement. Sure. And um, you know, and then I of course I I spent ages afterwards thinking oh my god <laughs> supposing he hates it supposing he goes oh what a total travesty how could she do that to my lovely song i must avoid her in future um uh, and um but anyway it was all right he liked it um, <laughs> was uh, that well, interesting to be on the other side of that because your songs have been recorded by some very notable people that's right actually and that was part of the thing that informed my um, my reaction to you know wondering what he think because often people would cover my song uh, you know a song or whatever and very often you go oh my god <laughs> what what were they good heavens you know and and um often you know it's done lovingly and 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 with respect it's just that you you really you know you really don't like it of course <laughs> on the other hand of that there are versions where you go blimey i wouldn't have thought of that that's great i love that you know i mean i i love to people to get creative with my songs i i do it's a pleasure you know um but um you know there are the ones where somebody will send you something and you and you and they yes uh, say oh, well, i really hope you like it and you spend well if you're me anyway you spend hours thinking oh my god how can i how can i i don't want to trample their dreams i don't want to i don't want to trample creativity i but what can i say what can i say about it um you know and then have you heard of the expression whiteling Whiteling. No, it's it's lying by omission. Okay. So, uh, as an actor, actually, uh, maybe you you might have come across this. It's when um, you know somebody comes to see a show, <laughs> and uh, maybe you haven't been your best, and they say, "Well, good heavens, you looked amazing. You looked fantastic. You look like do you know, no one could have played that part like you. <laughs> you know, all that stuff." And so, uh, the whiteling option. Um, sometimes rears its head because you you know i mean you know it's taste people you know people love different things and um many people you know wouldn't like what i do and you know vice versa it's like it's like anything creative really it's just very much taste isn't it mm, absolutely and there's not really a right answer i think when i when I started getting into making creative stuff, I always had this idea that you could make something that was undeniably good and everybody would appreciate it. And the more you get into it, you think, I don't think it quite works like that, does it? Because like, if, if it's not sort of split in opinion, it's probably a little bit boring perhaps. Like you need diverse opinions. You need opposing opinions, I think, if it's really something original. Yeah, yes, yes. It's healthy. It's healthy. And, and, and uh, yes, it's interesting when you hear people you know, have, have lots of areas that they can compare with, you know, it's, it, it, it's interesting to hear, but, um, yes, uh, I, I mean, thinking about when I had my very first cover ever, um, at the time, it was in the 1980s, it was so tremendously pippity pop. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I, um, I was sort of impressed with the production values, but but um, it was kind of um, well. Even for then, I thought, my God, uh, that was kind of more pop than I than I expected, you know. Mm. <laughs> but then, with the results of that, 
financially different to how they would have been in a in a more rootsy world as well uh it was um that was the song that actually started off me being able to um be a writer mm. and and live by it mm-hmm. yeah because it's interesting to talk to somebody who was involved in the the um I don't know if we say the good old days, the the classic <laughs> the classic days of the record industry when you know you were signed to Island Records and making your first album in Nashville, I think, with all those great players and everything. It's those are the sort of things that people who are starting out now might think, oh yeah, that must have been that must have been the thing. I'm sure it, in some ways it was and it wasn't. How would you compare that world to the the sort of independent musician world that we're all in now? Um. Well, uh, there were some great points about it, mm. and and obviously some some um, some bad points about it. The, the 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 worst points about it were for somebody who was very green, me then. Um, I I thought I, I sort of and being very kind of um, I don't like conflict, mm. and um, and I'm very sort of uh, I, I I tend to be um, publicly anyway polite. Very rude privately, you know, obviously <laughs> horrible person privately, but, but, um, you know, I've, I've got that sort of very politeness thing, you know, um, uh, nice girl from Pinner. And, um, and, and so to, to, um, to be told what to do, it was like, yes, yes, oh, well, yes, of course you're right. Yes, I guess that must be the right way to do it because I didn't have anything to compare it with. And, you know, in retrospect, <laughs> With hindsight, uh, you know, I when I felt something was wrong, I should have just spoken up. You know what mm. I mean? I should have said no. I, I mean, I don't want to do that. That's not me at all. Because what happened was the traditional record company thing was they found something they thought they loved, um, signed it, and then changed it. <laughs> you know, and, uh, and so I was supposed to be the British Emmy Lou Harris, mm-hmm. and and that's sort of what I kind of sort of what I delivered and then they said it was too country I mean I've, I've talked about that a lot so I don't <laughs> want to go sort of whinging on about it but but um so so those things um were were not great at the time and and I I had a very very unpopular manager at the time um which which made um I mean with them uh, you know that made things difficult but um the, the one thing that was great was that you didn't really have to promote yourself like you do now. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just didn't, just, the, you know, the PR department did that. You know, you didn't have to, you know, um, spend hours, you know, finding photographs of yourself and, and trying to find interesting ways of doing posts on social media so that people don't, you know, get sick at the sight of you, yeah. you know, and, and all that sort of stuff. I mean, I would, I, you know, the self-promotion thing, I, although I'm very sociable, you know, I, I, I love talking to people and I enjoy, you know, the whole social aspect of it, but the actual self-promotion, mm. I, I'd rather pluck my own pancreas out and fry it. You know what I mean? <laughs> I really, I, I don't like it. It's, it's, I, I find it, it's not, it, it doesn't, you know, I have to take a breath and do it, you know, and, and listen to my this and do I, you know, all sort of retweeting compliments. It's like, you know, when somebody gives you a wonderful compliment uh, i'd i would in my in my real life i would only ever tell my very nearest and dearest i would mm. i would go look at this look at this look what they said you know but i wouldn't go out and saying to people i don't know so and so said this about this wonderful album i just wouldn't do it 
you know, it seems so, so pushy and horrible, you know, but that's what it's about because no one else is going to do it. Yeah. And the thing you know? is that the PR person at the record label was great, but I guess they were taking a cut of all those records that you were selling and everything. So, and, and now I don't know how, how big your organization is, but for a lot of us, it's one person or two people, hence having to do everything, but then we're responsible for everything at the end of the day and, and we yes, can make our I mean, own decisions. That's true. And that is the good, that is the good point about it is that you can, you can say, um, I'm, I'm going to appear as this. I'm mm. not going to appear as that. I don't want to say this. So, and you, your own A&R person, you know, you, you know, there's nobody at the end of it shaking their head and going, you know, I don't know if there's a single here, Charlie, mm. you know, because the only, you know, the only person you have to answer to is yourself. And, and so, you know, if, you, if, if you're going to be hung, you know, you did it yourself. You hoist your own petard. So, so that's, that aspect is, is great. And that took a bit of time to grow into, you know, when all this started, when I had my first label and everything. Yeah. Um, that, that all, um, that took a bit of growing into and taking responsibility. And, and is there that. a difference in how much you can, or how easily you can, you can talk to your audience compared to the the record label days people buying records but you wouldn't necessarily know them i guess whereas perhaps on a on, on the circuit that we have now it is possible that you do have relationships with people who were supporting yes you. i do yes i yes there there are, there are people you know who who uh, who come to a lot of gigs and and you you get to know them and and um you, you know mostly they're they're delightful people and and um I mean, just what I've been doing recently and being a bit slow at is, is you know, people order albums. They mm -hmm. still order, you know, the real thing. Yes. Um, and uh, and I'll write a message to them on it. And um, and if I've met them, I always try and make it a personal one because it's, you know, that's why that's part of the reason they would buy that and not just get it online, you know, because it's personalized. And I think that's... I th I think that's important. That's what I, I mean. If I get a record from somebody, I I love it if they if they know, you know, if it's personal, if it seems personal, you know, and if it doesn't just just you know, it's not just signed. I mean, obviously, I don't expect anyone who doesn't know me to <laughs> who hasn't met me to personalise it. But if I have met them, mm -hmm. I think that's a nice thing to do, and that's that's what takes me so bloody long. <laughs> Absolutely, this is my public apology, by the way. <laughs> but when when it's done, it'll be fantastic and it'll be personalised, which is worth the wait. I'd have thought. Oh Great. well, I, I would hope so. <laughs> Excellent. I'm really interested in sort of in in looking at your career. This sort of joint music and um, acting thing as well, because they're both worlds that I'm involved in. Yeah, and I have moments where I'm thinking. Should I be focused? All of these things are so hard to do. Should I be focusing on one of these things? You know, you know, jack of all trades, master of none. You know, am I digging too many oil wells all at the same time? And then I think, well, I don't care. <laughs> I'm interested in these things, so I'm going to do them. If other people are interested in them, great. Yeah. How has that worked for you? And and again, I guess how things have changed. So were you running both careers at the same time? Did things happen accidentally? Were you intending to move into one world more than the other? How did it go? Well, I didn't. Um, I, I, I didn't start out uh, to be in the music business. I went to drama school, mm. and um, although I ended up playing the guitar quite a lot of the time, 
um, in productions and things. You know, if they knew you played, if Absolutely. they knew you played yeah. the guitar, you, you know, you'd be going. But 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 I I I want to play. I want to play her. And they go, <laughs> yes, yes, next term. Meanwhile, um, play this. Yeah. Um, but but uh, <laughs> I actually think um, yeah, and I resisted. I resisted the music. Uh, for a while because I I sort of I, I, I kind of didn't value it in a way um, it was just something that uh, I mean I, I came from a very musical background on my mother's side anyway they all played my, um, my father's family um, uh, not quite so much but um, I, I sort of didn't value it and I, I again I was I think I was just really immature Really immature, yeah. and I and I I felt I should abide. You know, your own rules are the hardest ones to break. I think. <laughs> yeah. And and I was saying to myself, well, you know, I spent all these years at at at, at, at a theatre school. You know, because I went when I was eleven, and then I went, you know, to the drama part of the, you know, the college part when mm. I was only sixteen. So um, I was, you know, fired out of that system when I was like, you know, like. A, canon um when i was 18 only 18 i knew nothing you know um, except that that's what i've been trained for and that's what i should do because hadn't i spent all these years preparing for it but you know in retrospect i think god i wish i i wish i hadn't wasted all those years trying to be an actress just do acting and and not just sort of get on the get on i mean if i'd have been on the folk circuit then that would have been brilliant i think you know, uh, aged 18, mm. uh, uh, as opposed to sort of a, a arrived bleary-eyed and sort of st staggering, um, you know, in my early 20s, having, you know, been through the mill of fringe theatre, little bits of television, this, that and the other, you know, being an, an actor, you know, which is a lot of out-of-work time. Mm. Anyway, it is, you know. Mm -hmm. And, I, and I, I think so, thinking about the, you know, should I do acting or should I do music, the answer is, as you feel, I agree with you. Do both, yeah, for goodness sake. You know, because you'll spend a lot of time waiting for one to boil, you know, and you might as well be, you know, doing the other and having a nice time. You know, it's very rare you make an awful lot of money at either, you know. Yeah. So so you have a good time, you know, and enjoy it. And, and it makes the other things... I'm glad now that I did the drama school thing because it's it sort of helped me present my work in a way you know I spent initially when I was first doing gigs I didn't draw on it at all because mm. I th I thought oh what do people do on stage oh they just uh, I didn't know how to be me you know and and uh, and I and I felt um, embarrassed just going you know oh this is a song about when my boyfriend left me and I was very you know not, <laughs> it was just sort of awful but years down the line i i sort of realized that it was okay to be whatever amalgamation of years has made me this and just try and be me sort of thing but that's that's partly i think drawing on my acting background in a way i mean not being frightened of mm. taking charge on stage mm -hmm. you know and using that thing of i'm um, including people and addressing people and confidently and because well you'll know this being a performer you know people want it to be okay they want you to be okay yeah you know they, they they're willing you to be okay they don't want they want you to fail 
Absolutely. They want to be looked after as well. They want to be in a safe pair of hands, don't they? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it took me a long time to learn that, a really long time, because I think I was still a bit confused about the, oh, you know, am I a singer and should I be kind of cool and stand there and say very little, you know, be mysterious? Um, and, uh, you know, and, and, and even though I'm, I'm a very sort of anxious, worried person in real life, a lot of the time, um, I, I, I uh, a joke, <laughs> it's, a, it's a very tempting to lark around and, <laughs> and, and, and somebody, somebody said to me one time, well, you want to be careful with that, Charlie, you know, um, music and comedy, strange bedfellows you know you can't sing a, a a moody sad song and then and then tell a joke that's all wrong you know um um and i thought oh god yes that's true you probably you know i, I can't expect people to find me mysterious and um, yeah. poignant um if i've been <laughs> larking about but then i thought well i don't know who says you know i mean i went to see i went to see ron sexsmith years and years ago oh, I love ron. yeah 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 and and um, I loved his stuff. I'd never seen him live. It's many years ago now, and um, he was so funny. He was really funny, you know. In between, not while he was singing, but but um, luckily, <laughs> um, I, mean, I, I don't try. I try not to be funny when I'm singing. That's for sure. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, I I saw it. He made that work because you absolutely invested in his songs and what his what he was saying in his songs, and it was very very unique and truthful. Sounds sounded so utterly um, genuine and really experienced coming out of his mouth yeah. that when he when he told some joke or made a funny story or whatever. It was it was it was such a it was like oh is this the same person but it was it was wonderful it worked because it was him yeah that's the thing I think you've got people have got to find a unique voice and the the way to do it actually is just to be themselves at some point isn't it there's so many yeah. people standing on stage with acoustic guitars singing songs that they've written about the boyfriend dumping them as you mentioned all that <laughs> and all of those things or about politics and the government and everything that why should people care it's got to be I think that and all of the people that I know who are great and do well are, are not like each other in some way. They have, and the reason they're not like each other is they have their own voice, whether it's literally their voice or whether it's what they say or their personality. And audiences, I think, respond to that on some level of, of knowing that they're they are getting a full package of a person. It, and it, I, what do you think? It's rare that a song, for me, that a song really exists on its own. There are some. But there's so often other things tied up with the song, whether it's the fact that you really like the artist or whether it's something about the promotion of it or the circumstances when you first heard it. Again, talking about what you, when you get into this, you think you should be able to create a piece of art that's so fantastic, it just grabs everybody straight away. But I think that's quite rare. There's so many other things tied up in, in creative stuff. Absolutely. Yes, yes, it can be. Uh, I mean, so much music Um is is associated with when you when you heard it and mm. what you associate it with. I, I, I mean, it's like uh, you know, if you if you smell baking bread or or or, or roses or, or you know whatever, that that's a direct to brain memory, you know. And, and music, I think, works on in that way. I mean, that's why whenever I hear, um, uh, I say a little prayer, I'm I'm back in 
my house um, waiting for my American boyfriend to call me. <laughs> <laughs> and and that will always be that, you know. Uh, and, um, you know, and... Uh, so, so, so in that sense, yes, it's it's you, you can't you can't legislate why people love stuff. And you're right; it is rare. I think that it's just a song that is so kind of so extraordinary that everybody it hits a note with everybody. But I think it is it certainly is true that people um, they may not even know an audience may not even gen actually know what it is about the song or your voice or whatever um that it is that, that that is connecting with them but if 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 it's the if there's a kind of truth there in some way that's what they relate to uh, you know what i mean and a lot of people wouldn't necessarily put that into words they just know that it's 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 connecting with them mm -hmm. you know and and it's it's a kind of genuine it's a genuine thing you know that people they they can s smell it I mean, well, hopefully not literally. <laughs> We're back to getting the laughs while I was playing again there, aren't we? <laughs> yes. You can smell how original she is. <laughs> yeah, you can smell that she was unique. <laughs> that sounds like whiteling to me. <laughs> yeah. It was a very unique smelling gig. Yes, yeah. It's yes, long yes. in the memory. <laughs> um, when you've written something, do you know the things that are going to be good and connect with people? Or is it impossible to know? And are the things that have really made a connection with people the things you thought were really good, or is it a different thing? Some of them, some of them, uh, you get a sense of um, yes. It's, it's, some of them, I mean, of course, there are songs where you love it, and 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 people just go nice. <laughs> what do you mean? That's my best song. Mm. um but but there um yes there are songs uh but they, and also you know that the, there are i don't know if you find this but that there are songs where um people kind of uh yeah they, it sort of passes them by it sort of passes them by there's there's a, a couple of songs um that in, in on past albums but that i was really i was really proud of them and i i um and they never really got any any attention, you know. No one picked them out. Um, but I still I'm I'm fond of them. And there are also there are songs where I I thought, um, I mean, I wouldn't in 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 the last few years. There's I, I I wouldn't allow a song to squeeze onto an album, you know, as a kind of oh well that'll do. That's a you know. Yeah. Come on! How do they expect? You know, um, uh, it's track seven. Know, Come on! It, yes, no one will notice that because because I I have found you know that if you ever do that, that's a song that will be played on the radio. Honestly, <laughs> it happens. It's like you know, I've sometimes I put on a song you know as a bit of a kind of um, not as a filler, but like um, a sort of well, this is a difference of pace. I think perhaps we need a different pace here, and this perhaps wouldn't have been my first choice. But I like it enough, mm. and um, but you you have to um, uh, you have to know that um, whenever it's played on its own, it represents you. You know what I mean? And that might be the only thing that people ever hear you did. You know, uh, it, you know we all exist in our own little bubbles, and and you hope that people who listen to your music 
um, know it in context of all the other stuff you've done, but of course they don't. Mm. You know, I still get, uh, you know, my blessing and my curse is is pilot of the airwaves. There, I've said it. Um, yes, said the word. Um, <laughs> you know, I I I still get um, people leaving me a message on Facebook going, "Are you the Charlie Daw who did pilot of the airwaves?" And uh, and and I I, I want to go. Yes, and what you know what I mean. Uh, I'm, I don't know if there's another Charlie Door out there doing it, but um, uh, anyway, no, it, it's so it, it's it's possible to you know we exist in our own bubbles, and then you find out how how terribly unknown you are. <laughs> And that thing of individual tracks is particularly the case now, isn't it? When somebody might just hear something on a, a streaming site rather than from having the record on their record player, even yeah. more so than with radio, I guess. And you never really know what those connections are going to be and where things are going to be picked up from. Those songs, do you feel it that they exist outside of you then once there's been some remove and they've gone out and done their thing in the world? Do they still do they still feel like they belong to you or or not? Um. <clears throat> Yes, in, in a way, I, uh, in a way, I do. Um, but you know, the way people listen to music is 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 so different. Mm. Uh, I mean, some people, you know, will put it on in the background. They will. They still will. You know what I mean? Even if they say they love it, they won't. It'll just be there as a kind of, you know, like a um, like a um, an air freshener in the background. You know what I mean? It's, for some people, that's that's just you know some nice music that they kind yeah. of know a bit. You know, and and some people listen forensically. You know, and 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 we we all listen differently. Uh, I I don't know about you, but I I like quite a lot of silence <laughs> these days, um, just to clear my brain. That's interesting, actually. Something you mentioned right at the beginning about input. I've sort of found over the last couple of years that I don't listen to music all that much, <laughs> which seems like a terrible thing to say as a musician. But, you know, if I'm in the car and driving around, I'm listening to a lot of podcasts, which might be about music or they might be about something else. If I'm washing yeah. up, it's nice to be quiet sometimes because that's when the ideas come. Yes. And sometimes you think, oh, gosh, I haven't really listened to any new music for for months possibly and that feels a weird thing but then for me the input at the moment has been well i'll watch all these classic films that i haven't seen yet because i've got some Ooh. time to do it you know all these great films that are on the list yes. of things you must watch so it's the good the bad and the ugly the other day because i'd never seen it and it's like that was a great two hours i really, you know i really enjoyed that and perhaps that will influence something else i create somewhere down the line yes I don't know. absolutely and it's great to have something different come in to just listening to led zeppelin in the car occasionally when i'm not yeah. listening to podcasts I agree. It's it, it, it's lovely, and it's lovely to um, uh, to you know if you are listening to music to sort of find to find something that you didn't program in yourself. You know what I mean? Something yeah. that just comes comes in, uh, you know, out of nowhere. That's that that's lovely as well. And that's one of the dangers with the the streaming thing, actually, because it makes it so easy. It recommends to you. You like this? Try this. Which, on the one hand, is is quite good. You discover stuff that yeah, you like it. But it does close off that avenue of you've never heard anything like this before. Try this, which I think we're missing. Well, I know not everybody consumes their music like that, but I think people are missing out potentially from that. Yeah. Yes. I, I think it's you know it, it's interesting to to uh, well you know turn on Radio Three uh, 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 and hear 
stuff that you 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 certainly wouldn't necessarily seek out mm. um because you didn't know it had been written you know <laughs> sometimes Yes, you didn't know it exists, so you didn't know it existed. Yeah, absolutely. What was the input that you were mentioning before then that you had wanted to take some time to take in? What kind of thing would that be? Would it be music or something else? Everything, really. Um, uh, trying not to think along uh, along the same lines. Mm-hmm. Trying to think, um, uh, you know, in, in an original way, influenced by lots of different stuff, you know, uh, books, you know, um, movies, books, movies, um, theatre, if, the, if that had been allowed to happen. Yeah. You know, uh, um, and, uh, you know, for instance, like, you know, if you see a, uh, if, if you see a, a movie and, and the, and the soundtrack is gorgeous, you know, that's, that's very inspiring. I, I mean, I, I'd love to do more of that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I have done a little bit of, um, writing for film and television um and uh, actually writing for writing for a, a, a tv drama series was the the thing that actually started me on my second wave of um acoustic music okay um at, at, the, at the beginning of the 2000s you know about sort of 2001 2002 um julian and i were doing the music for a thing called um uh 2000 acres of sky um, and um, they wanted some music that would sound. They'd had a, a, a they'd had done one series already, right? And they had a um, a, 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 a pucker composer who did proper, you know, television music. And they and the uh, producer decided he he wanted something that was a little bit more knitted, you know, a little bit more um, sounded like it was could have been played by a band who were lived on the island sort of thing, you know, mm-hmm. and um, and somehow we got uh, recommended, and uh, we did that, and it was it was the first time I'd worked with a um, an Indian harmonium, for instance, which I which I bought for the for the job, you know, and uh, um, <laughs> guitars and um, various bits of you know just little acoustic things mm. and um i i absolutely loved doing it it was it was it was lovely to to you were definitely writing to a brief because you had somebody sent you something and said oh, this is where morag and uh, uh kenneth actually um split up you know uh, and uh, and you'd have to do you know um 38 seconds of of something to support that you know mm-hmm. And uh, it was really interesting, and 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 actually a relief not to sing at that point, you know, or write words, you know, just to make sure the music did the job. It was it was really it was really good fun. Mm. It's interesting, isn't it, doing something different like that? Writing to a brief in general, then is that something that you respond well to and enjoy, or do you find that difficult? Um, I, I'm um, I, I I've had both experiences there um it's quite good in that um it's your sometimes your limitations are the things that um become your strengths you know and so you know somebody says you can only paint this painting in in various shades of blue then you've got somewhere to you know to to start right um uh, and uh, so it's good in that respect um sometimes you know writing for uh, um commercial 
stuff you know what they want is or uh is they they want something that's a bit like something else you know and your the brief will be i don't know if you've have, have you had that have you had that experience you know where somebody said we want this to be a little bit rihanna and a little bit this and a little bit wow, but okay. meets radiohead and some impossible sort of <laughs> things that they, they sort of dreamed up at the time you know um and uh, a bit Paul Simon, but a little bit, um, you know, Stormzy and a bit, and you go, oh, my <laughs> God, what are you on? You know, and, uh, uh, but, but, uh, but then you, you know, if you throw up your hands and go, I can't do any of this. I just, you just have to have this. That occasionally they go, oh, that's good. I wouldn't have thought of that. But mostly um, that the commercial side of writing to a brief was often very, very um, tiring and, disappointing and taxing and frustrating mm. i think the closest i got to that actually just reminded me was working with a little theater company and they wanted some guitar noodly bits they were doing some puppetry they wanted some noodly yeah. bits and what was it that she said i'm sure she said flamenco <laughs> oh, that's really not you know blues yeah but, oh, i don't know so i did the one classical sort of bit that i know and she goes that's yeah. it <laughs> Okay, I can make stuff up like that. Yeah, flamenco. But it's just people's words for stuff isn't necessarily what you would think, is it? So, yeah. But, yeah, it leads That's... you in, in a different direction, which can be very... Yeah. You can grow it's... from that a bit, I think. Yes, yes. It's, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's character building, that's for sure. Um, you know, but... but um, <laughs> and I've, I've had some, you know, some, some good times doing that. And it's always interesting, you know, if you, if you write with somebody you haven't written before... Mm-hmm. You know, and they do that. That's their gig, you know, and they do the commercial stuff, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And they look at stuff very forensically, you know, um, and and the brief is to, um, you know, often to sort of be, be so near something, but, mm. but don't get sued sort of thing, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, that sort of stuff is, is fairly soul-destroying, and I haven't done very much of that specific stuff. But um, if you can step back from it and go, Oh, I see. You know, this is uh, so, this is interesting. You know, I think I know why I'm not going to do any more of this. Uh, but but it's but it's still all interesting to see. Always interesting to see how people work. Mm-hmm. And and I do like collaborating with people. And 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 if you you know and if you do um, top line and lyrics, mm-hmm. you know, and you can let the let the techie people get on with doing this week's beats, then. Um, that's that's fine you know and i've i've done some of that as well um but uh it's uh i mean there's so many producers out there who who are producer writers you know that um actually i was talking to somebody uh, not that long ago about uh, collaborating and saying you know I, I i found myself involved um with a with a singer who was involved with some people who were doing some mixes for a kind of like a chill out album, mm. you know, and, and, and it, it's, a, you know, it's one of those tracks where there was, there were so many people on it in the end, you know, somebody obviously popped their head around the door and said, sounds good, man. You know, um, mind if that. I step in? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. You know, and then suddenly they're in the song. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've heard about that. But one of the side effects of that I've heard is that, as you say, top line and lyric writers are coming back. When the sort of you know the the sixties seventies thing was, you were a songwriter. You did it all. You didn't the, the traditional mm. Tim Pan Alley thing was oh out of the way. When all of a sudden, because writing lyrics and top lines is quite hard, 
Mm. Because if you have an ability to do that, you're quite in demand in that kind of setup, which I thought was interesting. Everything goes in cycles like that, though, doesn't it? I guess sort of yes, things come yes. around again. Yes, but but it, it is it, it's um, I I do I do like working with different people and dipping into different genres. It's mm. it's um, it's interesting and 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 refreshing. You know, it's a bit of a a sorbet in between normal courses. You know. Yeah, absolutely. When you're writing, then. Do you write for a project? So you say you've just had the album come out. Would that have been a series of writing for that project? Or would it just be, okay, there's enough things ready to go that we can make an album now? Um, it was a kind of mixture with this one. Um, I, 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 I thought it was about time that I did something fresh. Um, and, and I did start quite a few ideas. And, I, and then I threw quite a lot of ideas away. Um, I do quite a lot of throwing away, actually. Mm. That's always interesting to ask people, actually. Um, I asked a writer the other day, you know, it's hard to put a number on it, but what percentage of things have you written that have never seen the light of day? And he said 90%. Oh, really? Oh, God. And it's like, that's a kind of scary thought. But, yeah, there's there's a lot of churn, I guess. So you you find that as well. Yeah, yes. But also, I mean, it'd be interesting to know how, how fast he writes. You know, because some people write, uh, well, we all write at different paces. Mm. You know, I don't know what constitutes fast or slow, really, except that I, I think I'm pretty slow. Um, and, um, yeah, I mean, that's 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 why on Like Animals, uh, the you know, the current, the new one, um, that's why there's nine tracks and not 11, because I threw two away at the last minute. Um, because I, I thought, you know, I, if... You know, if they, you know, perfectly respectable songs mm-hmm. um, that we'd put quite some time into, but <clears throat> I didn't, I didn't love them. You know, and I, and I want to be able to, um, you know, arm wrestle somebody um, <laughs> about their worth. You know, I mean, in my world, obviously, you know, of course, you've, everybody has um, total permission to um, not like it, everything. You know. Mm. but but uh i i what happened with this was i just sort of started started with some some ideas and uh and i played them to julian Lippmann, you know who i work with a lot um and um and we uh we did some real uh sort of going in one direction and then changing there's there's a song on on the album called um rivers of cortisol which is about having a panic attack and um that started out because I thought it would be interesting um, to have a chorus where you actually seem to have a panic attack. So um, it was a kind of, uh, you know, with with panic, part of the, your panic is that you, you're frightened of being frightened. Yeah. You know, so you, you spook yourself. And um, uh, so I thought it would be interesting to have a chorus that went, you know, I hope I don't panic because last time I panicked, I felt the adrenaline and, blah, 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 you know I mean? and it would speed up. And, uh, and we pursued that and, uh, and I wrote lots of that. And, um, and then we sat down and, and, and played it together and we both went, Oh God, it's, it's a bit funny. <laughs> it's a bit too funny. You know, it's, it's, it, it, it's okay if it's witty, but you know, <laughs> funny, it shouldn't be, mm. you know, this is about, this is about something that affected my life for a long time it shrunk my life because i i i was too frightened to drive on motorways so um you know because of a panic attack i had 
Um, uh, and uh, so that completely changed. That song com- totally, instead of, luckily, instead of throwing it away, um, it, we took it from a fast song to a really slow loping song and talked about panic in a, in a slow, languid way. Mm. Um, and, uh, but there, there are a couple of other songs that, that just, um, I meant well, but I just... <laughs> <laughs> they just didn't make the cut, that's the thing. They just didn't make the cut, no. And with things like that, will they, not necessarily these current ones, but things from the past, will they turn up somewhere else sometimes? Will something that you've thrown away make an appearance somewhere else, even if it's just, you know, that chord sequence or that bit of lyric or whatever? Or once they're gone, are they gone? Um, no, sometimes I, I, I'll be environmentally sound with them and I'll, <laughs> and I'll, I'll recycle some, some good lines, you know. Um, if I know that the thing, you know, is never going to appear in that shape again, I might. Mm. I, I, do, I don't do it a lot, but I, I, I have occasionally, you know, used a line uh, or two, you know, from something where I thought, I don't, I'm not going to ever perform this song live, but, or on record. But uh, it's a shame about that line because that was a that I you know that turned out quite well. So I might recycle that if I can get it in. You know. Yeah. Well, sometimes things don't find the the correct home straight away, do they? And it might be somewhere else. Might be a different project. I mean, one of the things I've done in the lockdown is to try some different kinds of writing that I hadn't done before. So I had this idea of be nice to do a bit of short story writing but you know I've never, oh yeah never really got around to it but there's one or two ideas that are song ideas but they just haven't really ever haven't worked out how they can be a song yet it's like well they could be a short story though so sometimes you know an idea can be good but it's just you haven't found the right home for it yet i think and do you collaborate are you a collaborator or are you a, a, a an all all singing all dancing all writing all playing i like man? to collaborate i sort of like to mix really so I started off my songwriting when I was a teen with another person, you know, trying to Lennon McCartney styley. Hmm. And then I just was the singer songwriter guy. But then more recently, and I went through a period of being quite protective about things as well, wanting to sort of like, you know, almost the uh, the Tony Hancock moment. I think of it's I don't want people to think that you know <laughs> someone else's idea is the bit that's made it great. But I've gone the other way again now, where it's like I just want to write so much stuff, and I'm kind of signing up to this idea that. You've got to write a lot of songs to get to the good ones or, or whatever it is that you're doing. You've got to create a lot of stuff. And I love collaborating. I love that thing of it, we come up with something that might not be what you would have done and it might not be what I would have done, but this kind of third writer yeah. appears. And you kind of have a permission. I've had a, a situation recording things with other people as well where it's a, a collaboration. And I sort of yeah. go, well, I wouldn't have done that on my record, but this isn't my record this my is record, yes. our record so actually i yes. will play that slightly different guitar part that i wouldn't normally and it's it's great you know and you can kind of imagine writing for this pretend third artist in a way it gives you a permission to do a different thing but i think yes. you were saying it's just the different ideas that come along working with you know even with as you say with producers and there's a thing because i do a bit i have done a bit of improv as well which i know oh have you it's on my list of <laughs> things to mention as well um and one of the great things from that that came up for me was your obvious isn't necessarily someone else's obvious. So if you're there and you're trying to be clever and you don't want to say the first thing that comes to mind, it might not have been the first thing that comes to the other person's mind or the audience's mind. So say it, you know, <laughs> it might not be that obvious. And sometimes with making music, I found it's that as well. Whereas an idea that might seem too simple. I think that's a common guitarist one. 
you want to do something as clever as you can and the producer goes well two notes would be nice there actually wouldn't they yes <laughs> rather yeah. than 30 and you sort of go oh yeah you're right actually so yeah that was a long-winded way of saying yes collaboration is great just any form that gets you making stuff i think is is brilliant what about the the impro thing how did you how did you get into that so similar to what you mentioned before really it's i i was always interested in at, at school and uni i did bits of sort of sketch comedy and stuff yeah. Um, and we would play improv games a little bit in that. And then I just focused on music. Again, I didn't sort of do any acting or drama stuff. But there was a, a long-form improv group here in Birmingham who would do improvised Sherlock Holmes stories and improvised oh, musicals, okay. and they needed a musician. So I just went along as a guitar player, and then I would join in some of the games, and they'd be like, oh, it seems like you are interested in this, and through that, really. Oh, so, really? yeah, improvised Charles Dickens long form no wow hard wow. and then after that i ended up um forming a little short form in pro group so more like whose line is it anyway um that's what we did that yeah. was the you know that was the format yeah which is fantastic you know it, it, what i i really like about that is you create these moments that suddenly so really great blah, 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 blah. and then they're just gone forever more than a, any other type of performance really because yes, you can't do right. it again and if you yeah. try, you're trying to explain it to someone, and then we had this scene, and the hairdresser came in, but the sheep had run out the front door, and anyone who wasn't there just says, yeah. "Right, okay, whatever. yeah, it must have been good, yeah, whatever, yeah." Um, yeah so, but because audiences really enjoy you solving a problem in impro, don't they? Yeah. Impro audiences. I mean, uh, Robin Williams called it the Bing moment. You know, when when they see you go. Ah, oh, you know, somebody throws you something really, a really curved ball. Yeah. And, and you manage to not only catch it, but turn it round and <laughs> throw it back to them. Yes. You know, that's, that, uh, and, and you both know it, it worked. Yeah. Um, and you the, know, there's, it, it's, it's a real buzz that actually. I mean, it's very gladiatorial, isn't it? You know, the whole yeah. impro thing, because when you fail, you know, you, you, it, it is miserable. Yeah. <laughs> I mean that comedy in general. I mean, I've never really done stand up or anything like that. But just if you if you play a music show, you need people to listen and clap when you get to the end of the song, and that's okay. Yeah, you want more than that, but that's okay. If you're doing a comedy show, if, if they don't if, laugh, if they don't laugh, it's not funny, and it's a failure. There's no way of getting past that. Um, the, the fringe thing again. When I was at uni, we had a little comedy group. We did our little free fringe show in this tiny pub somewhere in Edinburgh. And on the first night, one person showed up and he'd run oh. across Edinburgh to get there. So it's like, well, we're going to have oh. to do the show because he's here. And however great one person thinks a show is, they're not going to laugh that loud for 20 minutes. No. <laughs> the character building stuff, isn't it? How nice. You did it for one person. Well, he'd run across. He got chased by a dog or something. So it was kind of like you felt like you had to do it. It's a good week, though, because by the end of the week, the room was full. So it's one of those things um I, I feel though that the whole thing for me is sort of i used to worry about am i a musician am i an actor am i teaching people to play the guitar whatever it is mm. now i've just realized it's the same thing actually it's all just communicating with people in a slightly slightly poncy way really whatever it is it's just that and i think great i mean as i said i'm interested in these things so i'm going to do them yeah yeah you know, what a great I, I, position I think, to be in. They'll, well they'll, they'll each will enrich the other I think. Yeah, they do. They help each other. You don't think they're going to because they're quite diverse, but they, they really do. As does life. That's the other thing. You know, I think this lockdown period for for creatives that I've spoken to, it's great just to have a bit of life. You know, people who've got children, 
I'm newly married, so it's, it's quite an interesting first year of marriage. So, so you know, you've got yes. to experience these things because no one wants a songwriter who hasn't done anything in their life because no, what are they going right. to sing I mean, about? I've worked with some very young songwriters as well, and um, it, that is often the challenge, if not a lot has happened, you know. Yeah. Because, you know, if they're 18, unless they come from a, you know, some horrendous, um, you know, sad background, there isn't, you know, there isn't an awful lot to write about um, unless they unless they love the, you know, the distant stuff, the sort of fantasy stuff, you know, which some of them do, which is mm. great, you know, but... but um, yeah, that's that's uh, yeah. So so it's all. I mean, I suppose when uh, I don't know if you do this, but but certainly you know if something awful happens, I think well, I guess it'll <laughs> it'll either make a good story or a song. I guess at some point, you know, because they say what is it? Uh, comedy uh, plus time. No, sorry, tragedy plus time equals comedy. Mm. You know. Um, but it has to be a certain amount of time. time. <laughs> you know, yeah. you have to be careful about the time thing. They can be too soon. Yes, definitely. <laughs> That's very true. Um, I hate to do this, but I'm going to do some name dropping anyway, just because I'm interested. So just sort of a brief look at your kind of career. Eric Idle. Yeah. How, how was that? <laughs> um, Eric. Um, I'm, I met Eric in the seventies. And, um, Noticed, of course, that besides um, being a, a, a Python, um, he he loved music. You know, he yeah. he's 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 a really good guitar player, actually. And um, so we we just became friends, you know, and and um, I kind of kept in touch. Um, and uh, yes, it, um, yeah, we're 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 still in touch. You know, he lives, uh, you know, he, he lives in in LA now. I have done for years, actually. Um, but uh, he's he is really musical. He is really really musical and and um, knows far more chords than I do. Um, and uh, yeah, he's 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 very supportive. You know, he, he'll he's actually bless him. Last last time I saw him, he he he'd, he'd flown over for some reason or other, and he came to a gig, so jet lagged. Um, it's and stayed awake i couldn't believe it yeah. <laughs> which was which was uh, uh, very very heartening um did you but, write uh, with eric as well um well no we didn't we didn't write we didn't write together i mean we collaborated on the song for harry nielsen um because he'd he'd written it he he'd written it um as a birthday present for harry um because he'd met harry through robin williams i believe um and when they were making Popeye, mm. mm-hmm. um, and he, uh, so he, yeah, when he met Nielsen, um, there was a you know they absolutely loved each other because um, like like Eric and George Harrison, I mean mm. they absolutely loved each other because George was very funny and loved comedy, and Eric loved the Beatles, you know, so there was a you know a bromance there. You know, and I've heard uh, them say they kind of had a similar role in those, their respective groups in a way. I think as well. Yes. Yeah. You know the it's a terrible to say the quiet one. I've heard Eric refer to himself as the wicket keeper in Python. The wicket keeper. Oh right. Which I think there's some truth in that. 
Yes, it's it, it's uh, I I I knew Terry Jones slightly and and um, and Michael Palin a little bit, um, but I've I've never known um, John Cleese. Oh, and 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 I know the the other Terry slightly mm. uh, as well. Um, but uh, so I don't I don't know. It's an interesting dynamic with with all those brains. So many people as well. That's the it's unusual, isn't it, to have a well maybe it's not. It seems unusual to have a that many people writing and performing something. Sort yes, of such an equal way. Yes, I, I I think you know, but but uh, but great because they obviously knew each other well enough to go. You know, that's not funny. Yes. Um, and different and enough as well to bring different things to the table. Absolutely, yes. So different in what what they what they brought to it, um, uh, and uh, you know, very different as actors mm. as well. Mm. Very different um, as as their later work has has shown. You know, um, but I mean, uh, uh, I mean, I mean, Eric directed the uh, you know the the live Python show. I mean, he was very much. Um, you know, he was he was the director. I mean, it, he, that was that was his thing, and he was he's very very disciplined and and mm. um, you know organized. You know, he's the guy who gets up at six o'clock in the morning and writes. You know, he does that, um, and so he gets an awful lot of stuff done. He's really productive, really productive. And I think you know, I I don't know any of the others well enough to know what their working pattern is, but um, I think they were probably for that. You know, for the live Python show, I think they just went. Eric wants to do it. <laughs> Go ahead, Eric. God Almighty, thank God he's doing it. You know, pulling it all together. And um, actually, I'm really glad I saw that show. Oh, you actually saw? Time. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, that's this the yeah. one at the O2. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm really glad I saw that because it was the last time I think I I, I saw um, Terry Jones performing. Mm-hmm. I think live. Although he may have been in, um, uh, you know, Eric did a version of the Messiah, okay, hmm. um, which which he did. Um, I think he, he might have done it at the Royal Albert Hall, and, and um, uh, Terry Jones was in that. Um, but uh, yes, yeah, so they're quite an extraordinary group, and I I feel really lucky that that um, you know to have experienced that kind of quite early on i mean because when i was at drama school everybody used to come in and do python sketches yeah you know uh, and and it was fresh then you know it was really fresh uh, so it was it, it was um it, it was interesting i'm sure we were terrible you know <laughs> <laughs> absolutely terrible at it but but we enjoyed it you know um so yeah um it, it's it's an interesting thing music and comedy in that respect um and uh yeah so that's enough about eric i'm sure he's not talking about me are you eric of course you're not (laughs) well one more then and then i'll let you go um you've had a song recorded by a beetle though that's a fairly rare thing well they did a lot of cover songs contemporary songwriter who's had a, a song covered by a beetle george harrison did a version of one of yours yes what was that like to find out that that had happened um, yeah, I met I met George through Eric, mm. and Eric gave him a copy of Fear of Flying, and I didn't know that he uh, played along to it. <laughs> and uh, the first I I knew of that was when I was um, at, at the at Friar Park, and there there was just a small group of people there, and it was summer. We were sitting out in the garden, 
and um, George had his guitar and, and he started playing it. And I remember thinking at the time, I, I know those chords. I wonder what, oh my God, that's, that's my song. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, it, it was a moment for me because um, it was, it was extraordinary and I didn't know he, I didn't know he knew it. And, it's a complete and surprise. A complete surprise. And I, I mean, I, I, I found out later that he had, he had the single on his jukebox in the kitchen. And, um, I mean, you know, I'd been in situations where, you know, they both, uh, Eric and George would get the guitars out and start playing and everything. And I, and I also remember one time being in, in the kitchen there and he had a, um, a harmonium in there, like a one that, you know, with, um, you know, foot pedals. Mm-hmm. And I, and I played him a song that I was writing at the time, um, called Soul Survivor, which was a, a very dark little song. And and he said to me, um, all your all your songs have so many black notes in them. <laughs> uh, and um, but he was he, he was he, he was funny and nice and normal, you know, considering his enormous um, fame, you know, from a very early age. Mm. So it was it was great. And then I found out after he died, long after he died, Eric emailed me and he said, "Did you know that there's a recording that George did a recording of Fear of Flying, which I didn't." And then he said, "Do you? Would you like to hear it?" Well, no, I'm busy this afternoon. No, I'm so you know so over that. Um, and um, <laughs> and so I I I went up to Friar Park and um, Olivia played it to me, but I never got a copy. Huh. I never got a copy. It was just on her laptop, and I listened on headphones too. So it wasn't even you know like out there in the air. And she said to me, "I hope you understand." that I don't want to share this publicly because it's one of the few things that isn't out there. And so I feel attached to it. And um, what could I say? Yeah. You know, <laughs> please release it. Please release it. No, Think I, of my royalties. <laughs> yes. But uh, she said it would come out at one point, you know, maybe, and maybe in the future on, a, on an album of curios or, or, you know, things, because it was just a demo. Yeah, he even gets the words wrong. <laughs> <laughs> what an amazing thing, though, to have that as a as a connection between those two people. One of your songs, yeah, yeah, Wonderful. really, um, really special. And um, I'm so. I mean, I live in that part of the world, near that part of the world, and I think, oh, what a shame he's not here anymore. That would have been fun. I mean, I probably only seen him every three, four, five years possibly even less but just nice to know he was in the world you mm. know absolutely i'm guessing when he played the song to you with the guitar that wouldn't have been one of those situations where you're thinking how am i going to pretend i like this one <laughs> i i you know i it was it was uh i just re- i really have a picture of it he had his he, he had his his feet up on the table because oh. we were sitting outside and it was a sunny night you know sunny evening and he just had, and he had his leaning back in his chair with his guitar on his on his lap, sort of thing, just playing it, you know. And and uh, you know, uh, obviously, there's probably nowadays some some clever clogs would be videoing it, I guess, you know. But but nothing, none of that happened, you know. There's not not even a photograph of the time of the day of the or mm. anything, you know mm. what I mean? It's just it's, but it's there, you know. I, I've got the memory of it, and I was I was there, and uh, it was it was. It was special, and um, you know, uh, a, a lovely thing, a lovely thing. 
Charlie, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. That's been absolutely fascinating. If people want to hear the latest album, get in touch with you, but not ask you about songs from the 70s, what is <laughs> what is the best way for them to find you? I didn't even talk about the album. That's terrible. <laughs> you did, no, it's good, though. You mentioned it was only out last week. Just remind yes. us the name of the album. Uh, it's it's called Like Animals. Okay. Uh, and it's 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 based around the the conceit that um really we are still like animals and um that's that's who we are and however much we pretend to be more or less like animals that's what it that's what we are and that was written even before you saw the crowds on Bournemouth beach on the news it certainly was and it's before um any of the current situation happened and certain people tried to control it as well which is if you listen to collateral you can um you can guess who is who it's written about okay so best place to find you uh charliedor.com um and uh you know i'm i'm on facebook i'm on twitter but uh yes come come to uh if you come to my website um you you'll be able to hear little bits of of all the albums of the last few years very generous um sound bites (laughs) i might add um and and you know lyrics and all that sort of stuff and uh yes leave me a message come and say hello Come and say hello when we're allowed out again. Great. Charlie, thank you so much. Lovely to meet you. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed that. See you next time on the Robert Lane Creative Careers podcast. If you could subscribe to the podcast, share it, like it, comment on it, review it, tell all your friends about it, all of those things would be fantastic because the more that people do that, the more that new people get a chance to hear the podcast, join the community and enjoy the content that we're putting out. You can find me at robertlanemusic.co.uk and I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram as Robert Lane Music. Please get in touch, let me know if you're enjoying the programmes and who you think I should talk to in the future. Thank you, until next time, goodbye.